Our reading today is taken from John 14, verse 15 to 31. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me any more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord... Why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Good morning. I was thinking back to some um, previous sermons I've preached, and most of them do tend to start with the same sort of question. Has anybody watched a certain TV show or film? Um, This morning is no different. Has anyone been watching the brilliant Channel 4 series, Humans? We've had quite a few dotted about. For those who don't know what it's about, it's set in a kind of parallel present day. And amazing advancements have been made in robotics and are readily available. You can have your own synthetic human. And you can, you buy them. And you take them to your home, they do your washing, they do your cleaning, they do your cooking, look after your, cleaning, uh, look after your children, they drive your car. They can do anything that you want them to do. And all this is based on like codes and computer jiggly-pokery inside their heads and they can only do what they're told to do. They can't really make any decisions. Obviously, if that was the whole series, it'd be pretty boring, so obviously something else is going on. Without spoiling anything, some of the uh, synthetic humans, they're starting to think for themselves. They're starting to have emotions and feelings. And so the story progresses. It's currently running on Channel 4. If you want to catch up, it's available online. It is a great show. I can't state that enough. But these robots, they're making decisions off their own back. And the series explores... What does it mean to be human? 
And I think part of being human is able to make decisions yourself and not being bound purely by instinct like other animals around the world. But how do we make our decisions about work, about relationships, about our life, the big choices we have to make? Perhaps you'll make two lists. You have a list of pros and cons. Okay, there are seven reasons why I should do this thing, but only six reasons why I shouldn't. So that means, yes, I'm going to go and do that thing. Or perhaps you'll flip a coin. Heads, I will go. Tails, I'll stay. Or perhaps you'll take the evidence and reflect on it and think about it and then form your own opinion at the end of it. There's one piece of advice that seems to come up a lot. Sometimes superimposed on a photo of a sunset on Facebook and it will say, follow your heart. Now, I was thinking about this. And that seems like a bit of a strange piece of advice. It's often given when somebody, they might think they're being well-meaning and saying, you're having a really difficult situation. You know what you should do? You should follow your heart. Just listen to yourself and you'll know exactly what to do. Or sometimes it's a a bit of a cop-out. People don't really know what to say or they're bored of talking to you. And they say, you know, just follow your heart. Just do whatever you want to do. That's fine. Just go off and do that. This is how we make our decisions sometimes about work, about relationships, about our life. What does it actually mean to follow your heart? Biologically speaking, obviously your heart is just a muscle designed to pump blood around your body to keep you alive. Metaphorically, back in ancient Greek and Hebrew culture, yes, the heart was the base of all your feelings and your emotions and your desires and your wants. So let's break the phrase down. Follow your heart. Follow to be led by, to be governed by, to be taken control by your heart, your emotions, your feelings, your desires. And this just sounds really odd. There's a film coming out, um, I think it's out now, called Inside Out. I've only seen the trailer. It's a new Pixar uh, children's film. And your emotions in your head are personified. They're little people inside your head and they're controlling how everybody feels with this big electronic console in your brain. If they want you to be happy, they'll whack up the button that says happy. If they want you to be sad, they'll pull another lever and that controls how you feel. That's what kind of led me to be thinking about following your heart, how much we let our emotions, our desires control us. Because it's dangerous, really, to be controlled by your own desires and feelings because they're constantly changing. Imagine you're driving down an open road. It's a beautiful summer's day. The sky is clear. There's not another car in sight. And you're travelling down. You've got Radio 2 on, and it's all relaxing, and it's lovely. You might be feeling joy. You might be feeling contentment. You feel comfortable. And your decision-making, based on those emotions, might be clear and sensible. But now imagine it's winter, it's dark, it's raining, you're stuck in a traffic jam, you've got Radio 1 on, (laughs) you're getting stressed out, you're getting angry. Your decision-making is going to be very different compared to the summer's day. If somebody comes and cuts you up, you may offer a few words to them or some kind of gesture because your emotions are controlling you. And your heart really has quite sociopathic tendencies as well. It's likely said things you'd rather not think. 
or rather not think you'd think. Moments where you're encountering people and you look at them and they've annoyed you and your heart and your brain, they're working together thinking, oh, you should do something really awful to them. You think, no, what am I doing? Why am I thinking that? I have no control over what I just thought. You might think the best of yourself and the worst of others. You might think, I am brilliant, I'm handsome, I'm amazing, I'm intelligent. Everyone else is ugly and stupid and annoying. Unless, of course, those ugly, stupid, annoying people like you, and then they might go up in your assumptions. But that's your heart controlling how you think about other people. Now, this isn't just me having a bit of a rant. This stuff is biblical, believe it or not. Because the Bible has a lot to say about your heart, and not all of it is positive. In Jeremiah, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Even Jesus himself says in Mark chapter 7, From within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, and envy. This is the man who actually made you a heart in the first place, and he's saying, no, it is disgusting and it is sick. Would you follow a person those kind of traits? Would you seek advice from a thieving kleptomaniac adulterer? No, I wouldn't have thought so. If your heart was a compass, the needle would be spinning wildly, guiding you the wrong way. If it was a tour guide in London, it would take you down the seediest, darkest alleys in Soho and leave you there. Our hearts were never meant to be followed. Our hearts were made to be led. If our hearts follow God as they're designed to do, then he gives us exceeding joy and guidance. So we need to direct our hearts to God. So don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus, follow his word, and be guided by his Holy Spirit. At the beginning of uh, John chapter 14, it's, you know, Jesus doesn't say, don't let your hearts be troubled, follow your heart. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled, believe in God. So when it comes to those all-important questions, what should I do? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I speak up or should I listen? It says in chapter 14 um, that Jesus will send his counsellor, his advocate, the Holy Spirit, to come and guide us. He dwells in us if you let him in. And the Spirit speaks truth through the words of the Bible and through actions in our lives. So the Holy Spirit is a helper, as it says in um, verse 16. In our V translation, we heard earlier, I think it said counsellor. In other translations, it's advocate, helper, friend. I've no issue with any of those translations. I know for sure that if I needed advice, I'd be happy to speak to a counsellor, to be happy to speak to a friend or an advocate. But what does this helper do? If we take a look at verse 26, it says, But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is a perfect teacher, a teacher who is constantly teaching new things while reminding you of the old things that you may well have forgotten. So why should you choose a spirit over your heart? Well, firstly, the Holy Spirit is a loving helper. When I'm in distress, I know who I can turn to. When I'm in trouble, I know I can turn to my wife, to my family, to my closest friends, and they can offer sincere consolation and calming words. 
the Spirit does the same thing out of pure love. It's a kind of love that can't be faked. It is a powerful, life-changing love, sincere and genuine. And we know exactly how much the Spirit loves us. It's a popular verse, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That's how much love he has for us. God sent his Son, and then the Son spent da- uh, sent down the Spirit, and that's all wrapped up in pure love. And the Holy Spirit also is a faithful helper. Your heart isn't reliable, but the Spirit is constantly faithful. It will never leave you or forsake you. If you feel you're in trouble, then be comforted by the words in Hebrews chapter 13, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. And perhaps you think you're a sinner, and you think, no, I don't deserve to have this kind of love. In 1 John 1, it says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and forgives us. No, that doesn't say if we're faithful, God forgives us. God is the faithful one in that situation, and he will forgive us. The Holy Spirit is also a wise helper, because your heart, I'm sorry to say, is a bit stupid. Sometimes when we're in a difficult situation, our hearts may think it knows what's wrong. So like an inexperienced surgeon, it'll lay your soul out on the table, it'll cut you open and be rooting inside, chucking everything out it can, scrambling around, trying to find what's going on, thinking, oh, this doesn't need to be in here, oh, we should put this in here instead, and then you end up more broken than when you went in the first place. But the spirit is a wise, experienced surgeon, expertly cutting you open, carefully finding the root of the cause, and expertly removing it. There are no mistakes with the spirit. There's no malpractice and medical negligence. And the spirit is a wise guide. Much like your heart is a compass that spins around its axis, never giving you any idea of where to go, the spirit will lead you to green pastures and still waters where your soul can find rest. And the spirit is active. It is always moving. Your heart is all mouth and no action. Your heart can talk a lot, saying what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing, but really, it doesn't really do anything itself. But the Holy Spirit, it moves to action. The Holy Spirit won't sit back and watch us stumble and fall. The Spirit will lead us, give us strength and courage to get through those difficult situations. And finally, the Spirit is ever-present. A question for you now, what can possibly separate you from the love of God? That's an open question. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing at all. In Romans it says, that nothing on the earth or not of the earth, nothing angelic or demonic, no human being or anything at all can possibly separate you from the love of God. And nothing can separate you from the power of the Spirit of God. Your heart can desert you. Your heart can say you're not worth anything. Your heart can break. 
but the Spirit is always there saying, yes, you're worth it. Like the man who had a hundred sheep, he lost one. He didn't think, oh, I've got 99, that'll be okay, I'll just carry on with 99. No, he went and he found that one sheep because that one sheep mattered. And I'm that one sheep. And all of you are that one sheep, that one sheep that matters 100% to the Spirit of God. And that is worth rejoicing. And so we stay close to the Spirit, because the Spirit is loving and wise and active and faithful and always there. And the Spirit speaks to us through the Word of God. And the Bible is so important because any decision that you make in your life, if it's not aligned with the Word of God in the Bible, then we can't be confident in it. If we're looking at the Bible, you can be confident that the words in there will not lead you astray. God will never lead you to do anything contrary to his words or commandments. My heart is always changing. My wants and desires constantly shift every single day. But the word of God is solid, is immovable, and it is never changing. The battle with that is remembering the truth. Our hearts are desperately trying to keep control. Our hearts don't like it when somebody else is trying to lead. But what is stronger than a love of God? Nothing. Jesus is stronger than our hearts. Whenever our hearts condemn us, put us down, destroy us, bring us to depression and sadness or fear and anxiety, God is greater than our heart. He is the shepherd. We listen to his voice and follow him. Whenever those big decisions come up in your life, you can be confident in his word because he is the truth, the way, and the life. All you need to do is let the spirit in. Don't follow your heart. Let your heart be led by the spirit. Let's have a time of quiet and reflect on that. Perhaps if you feel that you've been leading yourself or your heart has been taking control, let's spend some time in quiet and let the Spirit in. Let the Spirit take control of your life. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. 
We pray that you'll settle among us, settle in our hearts. Take the lead in our lives. Let us not be controlled by our own feelings, our own emotions, our own desires. We trust that you love us. We trust that you are ever faithful, that you're wise and active, and Spirit, you are always among us, as Jesus promised. Holy Spirit, we welcome you.